Well, hello there, friends. Game game buddies. Um, game buddies. I got one thing to say. <laughs> you say your time is coming soon, but just like Oklahoma, mine is coming sooner. Welcome to Respawn Aimfire, the kick-ass reverent gaming podcast from Apple Idiots. I'm your host, Adam. And today we have with us Jack Harlow himself, Chad Michael <laughs> Hello, hello. Is is that Oklahoma thing a quote? Did, I, did that go over my head? What, or is... Yeah, okay, so okay. I've been listening to uh, Lil Nas X a little bit, Got right? It. Okay. And Jack Harlow. Here's the... We'll get into it. Jack Harlow has... He's from Kentucky originally. So I was like, oh, I got, I got to support him. This little white dude out here rapping. Good job, my guy. <laughs> but he moved to Atlanta and had to learn to... Because so in Kentucky, he was writing his lyrics, right? I think this is all from that barbershop show that's on HBO with LeBron James as the host or whatever. And But he went to Atlanta and they're like, yo, we don't write in Atlanta. It's just like, it's like battle rap stuff. So like, you just have to have things that you can just like, it's all wordplay, right? It's not, you don't sit down and write a song. It's like, you need to be able to just spit stuff out that's topical. And it's all like puns and, and stuff like that. So, and it's in that song with Lil Nas X, he says, you said your time is coming soon, but just like Oklahoma, mine is coming sooner. Oklahoma Sooners is the name of the college. Got it. And it's just shit like that over and over and over. It's just like a reference, 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 talking shit. So Got I it. just want to let everyone know our time is coming sooner than theirs. Thank you for explaining the joke. That makes it a lot funnier whenever you have to explain it. Um, so I apologize. It's not funny. I'm just I'm proclaiming it. <laughs> I'm proclaiming it to the world. I'm letting everyone know my time is coming sooner like Oklahoma. Dope. And I'm who? Jack Preacher? Yeah, Tom episode- Cruise? Jack Harlow. Uh, okay, almost. So 233 <laughs> of Respawn Name Fire. Catch us on twitch.tv slash It's Sunday evenings at 8.30. And then uh, YouTube and podcast services on Tuesdays. Upcoming on today's shows, besides talking about uh, Battle Rap, we have another bad remaster got released. Oh, shit. Here we go again. <laughs> uh, Metroid Dread numbers have been revealed. Xbox is having a big week. Uh, Harry Potter. We got details on <laughs> the movies and the video games. Um, and we're going to do a little PS5 and Xbox Series X first big boy birthday review. Oh, happy That's what birthday. I'm calling they both just turned one years old. Very, very close to each other. It's, it's so, amazing. It's incredible. They're a year old already. That's wild. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and start with the main quest. GTA Trilogy Chaos. Oh, mm. shit. Here we go again. Oh, There's, shit. Yep. This is from again. Andy Robinson at VGC. Um. Following, the, uh, again, everyone knows, GTA Remaster Collection Definitive Edition times 3 came out last week. Uh, following the Remaster's Collection's release on last Thursday, uh, data miners uncovered that they what they called a holy grail within his game files. Um, this included basically all of the music that was removed from the games because of licensing deals, uh, but they're just in the game code, and they were just blocked. Uh, <laughs> but everything is still there, and just it just turned off, not able to play. Um even more tantalizing for fans with discovery that the collection's code contains an uh, uncompiled version uh, of the main.scm file, which contains all the game scripts for GTA 5, or GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, including cut and missing content, as well as notes from Rockstar North staff from that era. <laughs> so these guys are making notes in the 2000s, and that is all in the game code. Um, I believe also Hot Coffee is somehow still included yeah, in that collection. Yeah, it Again, it's turned off, but it's, it's in there. Um, Grand Theft Auto, the Trilogy Definitive Edition, had a chaotic launch. Uh, Rockstar confirmed it pulled the PC version to remove unintentionally included game files. Um, Rockstar's PC game launcher went back online after about 24 hours, but Definitive Edition remains locked out and not available for purchase. So, 
man, what a what a what a launch for those games, huh? Yeah. How does that how does that happen? Like I I know how it happens. They they take some old code, they update it for the port, and they don't go back and like check and things. Like usually they probably like flag things to hide them. And they're like, oh, uh, we're waiting on whether or not we can use this song due to licensing. Let's just flag it to hide it for now. And then if we get it, we'll unflag it. Like, th- I know that's how it all works. But, like, hot coffee? How does, like, literally when anyone thinks of GTA, at least our age, when anyone thinks of GTA, the first thing that goes in their brain, especially of, like, these this trilogy, they're like, oh, oh, remember San Andreas? Remember hot coffee? What a crazy wild ride that was. Like, how does that get past you again? Like you're releasing these games for what the third, fourth, fifth time, and how do you still forget to take out hot coffee again? The thing that made you have to take your your game off of shelves, re-rate it as adult only, and then strip it out in order to get back to mature. Like, how does that get by you yet again? It blows my mind. It's it's pretty wild. Like you said, also here we go again, because remember a couple weeks ago. Uh, Nintendo Online Expansion Pass. Hey, play all these N64 games that are just the original code, and we haven't done anything to them, and yeah. they play like the original code. Uh, and yeah, here we are again. They're just like straight up. They. It was like again. I know there's more work to this, and I don't work in the video games, but it feels like copy and paste into a new engine. Yeah, and that's why the game looks more modern because I guess I think they changed the engine on it. But they literally just copy and pasted everything and were like, all right, which ship it. Which goes to tell like, you, like, more work than that, but. there's a lot of, I, I haven't seen, like, a ton of stuff from it, from the new release trilogy. But I've heard a lot of people that are upset with how it runs and all of that, like, the, the quality of the remaster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you can tell from just this, like, they probably literally copied and pasted or just, like, took all the old shit and just dumped it in the new one without even checking to see what was in there, let alone if it runs well. So that goes to tell you probably the quality of the remaster that you're going to play with it as well, which is not great, apparently. Yeah, I haven't actually played it. I know San Andreas is on Game Pass, so I could try that out. But I want to, like, looking at this, did they do any gameplay improvements? Like, it does look better. Uh, Well, certain parts look better. Some parts actually look worse, which is crazy. Um, But certain parts, I'm like, okay, that's nice and pretty. But I'm like, is the game... Did they just like do like uh you know controls.exe and just like change them a little <laughs> bit? But like the fact that it's the exact same files makes me think that the game isn't different, which it's a remaster, whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't I don't I, They did when they showed that's the wild. trailer at least, they there were quite a few like lighting improvements you could see for sure. Character models mm-hmm. like instead of having like a big like clump of fingers they actually had individually defined fingers which was nice to see but fingernails and stuff yep but it's it, yeah it just seems like an incredible incredibly lazy like no one even thought to qa this at all no one thought to actually like look at the code you're putting in the game again it's it's just blows my mind it's wild that this comes from rockstar is wild to me which mm-hmm. is known for like like some of the top tier content in video games yeah i mean this definitely was um, somebody's cousin. They're like, "Hey, do this port for us." Exactly. Get, yeah. Rockstar didn't do any time on this. <laughs> yeah. And I do like it is important to point out that this is a PC thing. Like, mm-hmm. you're not you know rolling up your PS5 version of the game and getting into the you know SCM files or whatever. Um, but it's still insane. And then your launcher didn't work because they're like, "Ooh, we got to fix this super fast." So that's a uh, man. Remasters are tough, aren't they? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I wouldn't have thought so, but I guess so. 
That is insane. It's still wild but, that I as mean, of this time, like their solution is just like, all right, you can't buy it anymore on PC. Like it's not in the launch, it's not available for you. Like, sorry. Like that's their solution to it. It's like, okay, interesting. <sighs> Come on, guys. Let's get it together. But anyways, we're gonna go ahead and move off of that. We're gonna move on. I was gonna here's what Chad, let me be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been having fun here, right? Like we, we have a good oh, time. We have a good jolly. Bob. I was gonna I was going to put so many Jack Harlow lyrics in between each of these segments <laughs> and just show you like what battle, like what battle rap is. Again, I'm a pun dude. Like I love fucking just like this, like this, do do this, you know, handprint on our ass cheeks. Kind of, I'm all about it, but I just didn't have the time to do it. So I'm sorry. I it's all right. If you want to, to like time, in true battle rap form, like if you want to just freestyle, like that's totally cool too. No, no. Okay. See freestyling, you have things prepared and then you throw them out there. It's like having, you know, the bullets and the gun separate, but you always have the bullets that are ready to put in the gun, you know? Ooh, nice analogy. You don't just make bullets out of thin air. Well, you do in some yeah. video games. Well, those are video games. This is real life. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you play, dude? <laughs> um, I played a few things. Actually, I, was, I have really exciting things to say about all three of these games that I played, which is weird because two of them are like, I'm playing these again. But uh, I mm -hmm. finally, I said, I said last week I was playing God of War Ascension to get that platinum trophy. And I did get it. I had to play through basically the whole game again, just looking for a few collectibles and stuff. But I, that game gets a bad rap. And a little bit deservedly, deservedly so because it's like, I don't know, I get through the whole thing. It's like none of that was like very interesting. And I'm fighting this bug lady over and over and there's stupid things. And it was, it's just not like a compelling game. But there were at least four or five times, especially in the first half of the game, where I was just completely overcome with how, like, the scale of what was going on around me, which God of War 3 did incredibly well, and this game, which came mm -hmm. afterwards, not chronologically, but in time, it came afterwards. Um, yeah, I was just flabbergasted that I was, you're on this enormous hecatonkeries with a trillion arms, and there are buildings on his arms and his hands, and it's moving up in the air, and then you just, like, get really tiny, but you're still fighting all these people over there, and then it zooms in, and, like, his hand crushes it, and you're jumping up on his face. It is incredible. Like, it's astounding that the type of scale that Sony Santa Monica was able to pull off on a PS3, no less. Um, yeah, I'm just always blown away by God of War games. I didn't know they had hecatonkeries. Yeah. That's like the coolest fucking thing from Greek mythology. It's like, I'm a big boy with a hundred arms. Yep. All right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's like a, a whole third to probably, like probably like 40% of that game is is on the hecatonkeries. That's pretty so cool. So yeah, I got that platinum. That was my 52nd platinum. And now I have every single God of War game platinum trophy. Uh, with the exception the of the- Ghost of Sparta? I got Ghost of Sparta. Yep, I got- um, mm, okay. the, both the PSP games when they remastered them for the Vita I got both of those platinums mm. too so. um, and, and the only one that I don't have is the God of War 3 remaster that came out on PS4 and that's just because I already have the God mm. of War platinum and I'm not going to go or the God of War 3 platinum for PS3 and I'm not going to go do all, all that same shit again So, is it the same trophy list too probably I'm pretty sure it is yeah be pretty close yeah, yeah. so I played that had a great time with it and that was my like I had Prince of Persia out. I had the PS3 out for Prince of Persia. And I was like, before I put this away for another 10 years, let me like milk whatever I have to get out of it uh, before I connect my Series X again because Halo Infinite's coming up. So I got to make sure that's connected and ready to go. go. 
So, yep, PS3 is officially off the wall, and um, I started playing today The Last of Us Part 2, because I have a big list of games that I want to play over, I have like nine days off around Thanksgiving. So I'm like, all right, I have a big mm-hmm. list of like seven games that I want to try and play through that whole week, and I'm only going to get through like two of them, I'm sure. But I was looking at the list, yeah. and I was like, what can I start making a dent in now? Because I own The Last of Us Part 2, and I own Death Stranding, which is another one, but then the rest of them are games that I'm just going to get for Black Friday deals. I'm like, all right, let me let me go back and work on Last of Us Part Two Platinum, um, and I've already cried three times today. So, uh, thank you, Last of Us Part Two. One of them was I was just playing <laughs> through the beginning of the game, and it was something that I didn't notice the first time, obviously because I didn't know this mission was in the game. But it was like foreshadowing something that happens later in a museum, and she just like picks up a brochure for dinosaurs, and she goes, "Oh, that was a good day." And the first time you play the game, you're like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. But this time I knew what she was talking about and I just started crying on the spot. And then, you know, that music is a big thing and she's playing the guitar. and Yeah, so I've already cried three times today. I'm going to just wreck myself emotionally for that, uh, for a platinum trophy. Thank God, passed me from 14 months ago or however long ago this came out, 16 months ago, something like that. Passed me, created... Um. Basically, all I have left of the Platinum is is collectibles and, like, upgrading mm-hmm. my guns and Ellie, which I have to now, like, roll over in a New Game Plus to do. And when you start New Game Plus, all of your collectibles in the game reset. Like, you can't see which ones you've picked up because you're technically at the beginning of the game again. But they all mm-hmm. still count for the overall save file. So I, I was like, I'm going into this chapter and I have no fucking clue what I'm looking for. Like, what do I already have and what do I not have already? And then I just happened, like, I wonder if I thought about this in advance and, like, made myself a checklist, open up the files and app on my iPad, and there's a big, giant IGN collectibles guide, and I marked off which ones that I already had back in June of last year, and I was like, yes! So now I know exactly what I'm going for, so I don't have to worry about finding every last thing. So, thank you, past me. That'd be rough. Yeah. And then the last thing that I did was... What? How many you got? Like, how long do you think that'll take to finish and get the platinum for Last of Us Two? Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do a whole other playthrough of it, which was I think my first playthrough was 27 mm-hmm. hours, but um, I I'm playing on very easy difficulty right now, just so I get the story content and all that kind of stuff. So it'll probably be much less than yeah. that. So 20, maybe 18. You know it's you know it's coming up now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. And then I, I played Call of Duty Vanguard. I was suckered into buying it because my friends bought it. And they're like, let's play Vanguard. Let's play Vanguard. I was like, fine, I'll fucking play Vanguard. Um, this is the second Call of Duty game I've ever bought. The first one was actually a, f- a few months ago, which was Cold War. Yeah. And this is the only that. Call of Duty campaign I've ever played. And I was really, really surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Like, I had a great time with this thing. There... First, I'm going to I'm gonna go with, like, what I really, really liked, and then I'll, like, mention a couple of criticisms of it. This, the presentation, like, overall presentation of this game absolutely floored me. Like, the cutscenes are, they are photorealistic. There were several times where I was like, holy shit, how do they accomplish this? Like, even, even the best, well, Pixar still, like, has a cartoony style, but, like, even the best animation I've seen in films doesn't even, like quite touch this level like there were times where these are legit real people it was incredible um but not just the cutscenes, even gameplay and the character models in the gameplay uh was was just really fucking 
detailed and impressive. And there are so many things going on behind the scenes to make it that way too that I didn't realize was a thing. Like there's a there's a feature, and this might have been a thing on PC for a while, but on PS5, there's this feature where you can, in the game, let it stream assets. So like it can be, while you're playing, it can be downloading much higher quality assets to use in game for much higher, uh, more detailed textures and things like that. And it's streaming those from the internet while you're playing. And it's like temporarily storing them on mm -hmm. your hard drive. That way it's not like taking up 200 gigs of space just to play the game. Um, which is like blows my mind that we're now at a point where, you know, internet speeds are fast enough and hard drive speeds and you don't have to worry about downloading something and then having to install it before you can use it. It's like in real time, downloading and streaming it into your game blew my mind and there was also this uh it's kind of like the amd version of nvidia's dlss feature where it like mm -hmm. it, there's a i figure what they call it it's like factory fx cas or something like that it's, it's contrast adjustable sampling or something like that uh anyway it's it also works on ps5 which is something that i like blows my mind that we're doing that kind of stuff on consoles that you can turn that feature on and it will like super sample the frames that it's making to make incredibly sharp textures and shit like that like that blows my mind anyway looks really really good but i think i i mentioned on the podcast when they showed the single player campaign reveal a few months ago and it was polina's like sniper mission going through stalingrad mm -hmm. i was like uh, the music like the orchestration of it that's what hooked me. And I was like, oh my God, I wonder if the music is in this was like created for the trailer or whether it's part of the game and it like evolves with the game and the fight. And it does. The, it's through the entire thing. It's the same composer as the, the guy who did God of War. And it, it's fantastic. Oh, Bear McCurry. Yeah, yeah. And it, He's dope. it roped me in from the very beginning. It is incredibly tense. It's just like a ton of strings and it's like really raw sounding. Like it's not like really clean studio Hollywood strings. It's like really raw visceral strings and it's uh, incredibly tense. There are so many amazing sequences. Like I, I'm thinking about like the second mission of the game. You're uh, dropped into a battlefield right outside. It's like the day before D-Day. And it's like really scary, honestly. There are jump scares and shit like that as you're like, all you have is a knife and you're running through trying to regroup with your squad. And it's like, it's legit terrifying. It's, it's really scary. In fact, I texted Dallas, who's notably a, a scary cat for a lot of games, a scary cat for a lot of games. I was like, how did you get through this without pooping your pants? Um, all around, it was just really impressive. And the sound design too. There's especially the guns and the haptics. Oh my God, the, the haptics and the triggers, Adam. All the guns feel really different, yeah. which is amazing. The haptics in there feel freaking amazing. But then I was playing with these AirPods Max plugged into my PS5 controller for 3D audio. And then I had the noise cancellation on, so I couldn't hear anything else from the outside world. Mm -hmm. And oh my God. There were times when like there's a mission where you have to crawl through the grass while there's a sniper shooting at you and you have to like get to the tree line to find the sniper. And it's just constantly the whole time just like bullets whizzing by you and hitting the ground near you. you. Yeah. And the the combination of the 3D audio and these headphones while I was playing it, it was like I was there, man. I was crawling through the grass of wherever the fuck jungle place this was. I don't remember it all, but oh my god, it was incredible. probably France. <laughs> it was no, it was like some kind of tropical. I feel like it was in Japan somewhere. Yeah, I think it was in Japan. Yeah, Pacific Islands. Yeah, and it was yeah. The sound design of that game was just fucking incredible. Yeah, all around amazing 
character, really great acting, really like the Mary from Lord of the Rings, and he was also um, Charlie on Lost. He's oh, that's right. Like he's a Nazi. Yeah, right? he's like the the most prominent Nazi in the game that you deal with a lot. He was fantastic. Um, the yeah, so I was really blown away with with the presentation of this game. I had a really great time with it. It's like five hours long. Um, mm-hmm. my my gripes with it are basically that. The story itself, like the actual story, you're this group of four heroes, I guess, from all different areas, and and you get captured like right off the bat, and you're you're going after this big Nazi baddie. But then most of the game is told as they go in one by one and get interrogated. You like hear a little bit of their backstory, so then you flash back a few years to like a mission that defined them or mm-hmm. uh, an experience with their family that like defined why they are the way that they are. So like it was kind of interesting that way. But then it all comes together in the last mission, and you're just like, oh, this is the the game. Like all of that was set up for this, and this is really cool. And you're going through all four of these different characters and all of their different unique skills, and then and then it's over. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's what I want to play. <laughs> like I'm glad I got the backstory yeah, we'll of all these the people. Yeah, the mission of them together, right? Yeah, I yeah. wanted it to be like this Avengers team up style thing where the well, that, that's kind of a tainted word now, but uh, I wanted you know playing with these four characters, being able to switch on and off of the fly, or like at scripted moments, and and be a team together and fuck shit up. And it only gave me a little bit of a, a tease at the end of that, but it was cool. I, I really enjoyed it. That was my very first Call of Duty campaign that I've ever played, and. I had a good time. And uh, like weirdly enough, I'm seeing a lot of really, really bad reviews for it too. So I, I was going mm-hmm. to... That's what I was going to ask next. Yeah. Because campaigns are always like cool spectacles. Like even mm-hmm. I haven't played Call of Duty forever, but that was always the thing. It's like you play the campaign for five hours, but it's like, oh man, awesome, cool set pieces and ridiculous, crazy stuff. But now that you're done with it, because like the things that I've seen that negative were like zombies is like bare fucking bones, like nothing at all. Uh, yeah, I and haven't then, played zombies yet. Know, I guess multiplayer's... Yeah, multiplayer is whatever yeah. you feel like. But we played we played some multiplayer, and I'm having fun with the multiplayer. Basically, just team deathmatch. We played a little bit of Champions Hill, the new mode, which we which we played the yeah, alpha the, of the together. Beta. Yeah, but we oh, played alpha, we yeah. played the new like the actual shipping version of it. We played it in trios, and it's just it's it's awful. <laughs> we suck just at it. Just as bad it. as the alpha. Huh? We suck at it really bad. Actually, it's we were back to back like incredibly worse than we were in the alpha we were just terrible so Ooh. it was not a fun time okay um so yeah call of duty vanguard i'm really impressed obviously i'll i'll keep playing the multiplayer as long as the squad keeps playing multiplayer but i'll try out zombies because i everyone wants to play zombies that's the big thing so that's it but i'm really interested you, in turn. fours of five because i've heard a lot of great things about it i don't have game pass yet but hopefully i will next week with black friday deals tell me about forza yeah, Forza 5 is the Call of Duty of card games. Now, that's a silly way to say that. Forza, uh, Forza 5 is one of the highest rated games of the year, and I see why. Um, it is... So the thing with me in card games, I'm not really a huge fan of card games. If it's like sim realistic. It's like Gran right. Turismo, never liked it. Forza Motorsport, don't like it. They're like, hey, why don't we do that? But we're fucking wild. How about we literally are Fast and the Furious? And I'm like, you got me. <laughs> you got me, <laughs> Captain. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Oh, my God, dude. This game is one of the most prettiest, <clears throat> most prettiest, the most prettiest <laughs> things uh, I've ever seen, dude. Like, yeah, you're talking about photorealistic shit. It is insane. Playing this game in, like, 60 frame, 4K, 
just going through the desert and it's just like, oh my God, yeah, this game is crazy. And then it's just, you do ridiculous fun things. You know, I'm driving a Ford Bronco around the desert, Mexico. I'm doing like movie stunts. It's just, I like the Horizon games because they're silly. And they're What's just the, like, what right, does the minute to minute gameplay look like of a Horizon game? So the the base of the game is like, <clears> hey, <throat> we're going to drop you in this cool area. This game is Mexico. And there are different areas of this. So like, there's a desert part. There's more like a like a low grasslands, and there's like a jungle ish, and there's coastline or whatever. But the the conceit of the game is that uh, there's a big festival, the Horizon Festival, and it's just like, yo, all these car heads come here and just take over your country, <laughs> and uh, and then they're like, all right, we're putting on a festival. Everyone's into racing. We're, we're going to be all racing. So then there's different types. So you have story. You literally have story missions. Um, you can buy houses and all that, but you have story missions, which are like the big set piece. Like, oh, you're driving down a volcano. You're jumping out of a plane and doing it's that nonsense, right? You're driving through a th- Oh yeah. There's weather. There's like literally like dust storm, like sandstorms on the map. Um, and you do stuff like that, but then the normal racing, it's like, they've got off road, you've got street racing, you've got, you know, uh, rally kind of stuff. They just, the whole conceit is like, yeah, people love cars and we're just doing, we're having fun with cars and we're just going to do like whatever. And then you go through the game, you beat the races, you upgrade, get more stuff Got it. and buy a bunch of cars. So that's what it is. And then there's a lot of com- community created stuff where it's just like people just make playlists. It's like, yo, here's all the best rally races and you just do that if you want. Like I just bought the Warthog from Halo oh, and I'm using that for off-road racing because it's really good at off-road because it's a fucking Warthog. Um and then there's a uh, the one I did recently. Apparently, there's a way to cheat the game and get unlimited XP and money, but it's called the Goliath, and it literally starts at the north uh, east side of the map and goes all the way to the southwest. And it's literally like a 17 minute race. Damn, um, it's really good. So that's one. That one is with sports car specifically. So it's like, oh yeah, let me drive for 17 minutes, going 170 to 200 miles per hour the entire time. Uh, is great. So, yeah, it's a very fun. It is very good. I'm not a super, super deep car head person. Like, I'm not changing up the fucking transmissions and all that bullshit. But I think it is very fun, and it's very good. And, again, not having to pay for it is just fucking wild. Yeah. Let's just play it and have it. It's great. So, I'm excited to get Game like Pass again. I can't wait. I'm going to try that out. Obviously, Halo, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And the other <laughs> funny thing is that this game, the story has lore that... So... I don't know how far back it goes, but in Forza 4, that's one where you're in Britain and whatever. You know, you you did the festival in Britain. And that's one where, like, you raced the train. Remember the train from Harry Potter? Like, they yeah. always went over that fucking, that, that tall bridge, like, every movie. Yep. Apparently, it's just a real bridge in fucking Britain somewhere. And you get to, like, race that train, which is a really cool one. But your character from that game, so whenever you, you start the game, you make your character. And they have two voices. It's, it's masculine and feminine. Right. But they have British accents. It's like, hmm, what's going on? And then I started doing a mission and it's like, oh, you're that uh, you're that driver from uh, that I met in the last game. Like there's literally a dude you meet from the last games. Like, I remember you. It's why is there Lord to a racing <laughs> game? It doesn't make any sense. It's wild, but it's very good. I would say if you have Game Pass, check it out. It's very pretty. Any romance Especially options? It's a nice it? PC. Um... I think you got good buddy options, best friend no, options. Okay. I don't okay. know about romance though. No, best friends can romance have can be romantic together. In a certain way, yes. Romance doesn't have to be sexual. Uh, well, 
Best friends can be sexual together. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. They're adults. If you're consenting adults, you want. Uh, so yeah, Force is great. If you have a PC or uh, Xbox, I mean, you should be playing it, of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really nice to have a really fun game to just play for free. So. Do you just go, have go, like? Go. All right. Did you just have like years of of gold that you switched over to Game Pass, or do you like re up your monthly subscription? How do you pay for Game Pass? I do. You do the yearly so thing. You, no, I do a monthly thing. Okay. Except for when there's, um, like say Black Friday, I'll, I'll probably get like six or seven months worth. That's right. And then I'll let stack that run out. It. Yeah, you can stack them, and then it runs out, and then I go, oh, I've been earning Microsoft rewards points because I do all my quests every month, every week, every oh, day. That's right. There's game. And I just quests. get Game Pass for free because Damn. I have quest points, and it just gets. If you do all your quests every month, you basically just get it for free. Damn. So I haven't really had to pay for Game Pass in about a year and a half. All right. Or I probably spent like 20 bucks in the last year and a half between Black Friday sales and using my rewards points. Yeah, that's great. Nice. Awesome. All right. I wanted to put this at the beginning. We're going to move on to the quest log. I was like, why do I keep throwing this at the end? I don't want to disrespect this, the memory <laughs> of this patron saint of a man. This is <laughs> the Holden Memorial segment. Metroid Dread is doing Game Busters. That's from James Carr at GameSpot. Rest in peace, Holden. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, rest in peace. I'm sorry. Me to put you in the ground. Uh, the <laughs> Nintendo Switch was the best-selling console in the U.S. in October, and Nintendo has officially revealed how many consoles it sold during this month. According to the MPD Group, the Nintendo Switch continues to lead uh, in the number of consoles sold in the U.S. in 2021. That's like uh, quote from Doug Butt. 34 out of the last 35 months. The Switch has been the best-selling yeah. console. It was like one month they didn't do it. Yeah, it was like two months yeah. ago or last month or something like that. PlayStation beat them once. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. They get beaten. Yeah, they get beaten dollar sales just because the other consoles are more expensive. Right. So, but in number sales, they've like you said, it's been like fucking three years or something. Uh, this is a quote from Doug Bowser, um, and this is by the way, this you just have to do with Metroid Dread and the Switch as a whole. Uh, so, a quote from Doug Bowser: Metroid Dread was launched on the same day as Nintendo Switch OLED or SwoLED, as Swole, everyone calls yeah. it. Uh, Metroid Dread said sold eight hundred and fifty-four thousand units in the u.s so almost a million units in the u.s that makes it the best start for any metroid game ever bowser said uh for reference metroid dread was uh number three best-selling game of the of the month uh only counting its digital sales so metroid dead even without physical sales did very 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 well um and this is another little piece of information in doing that it achieved the highest ever launch month sales of any metroid game to date dwarfing its predecessor by some margin according to mpd Metroid Dread's launch uh, month dollar sales nearly doubled those of the series' previous record holder, Metroid Prime. So, best-selling Metroid game ever, and doubled the last one that was the best-selling ever. So, Metroid is doing pretty well. All right. For, like, the first time in a very long time, Metroid's making money. And it, like, has a legit business sense for existing rather than just fan service. That's so exciting. This is the thing now, right? Because they said... Like, this is the end of this trilogy, or this story right. of whatever. Again, I know what happens at the end of the game. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody here. But they're like, this is the end of it. But it's because, again, Metroid has really never been a seller. Again, like you said, people like the series, but it never sells. It's like me and, and Splinter Cell. I think, like, the first one sold well, and after that, they're just like, they do okay. But the people who love Splinter Cell love Splinter Cell. So now Nintendo's like, oh, shit, it sold well. So <laughs> we can't we stop now? now. We were just expecting... Yeah, we were just giving it to them so they'd shut up and we were going to end it. But 
they came out and bought it. So I do we continue? I feel like they have to do something, but what do you, I don't know. I don't know. You played the game. I didn't. So. Yeah, we have a, by the way, we have a whole like hour and a half review discussion for Metroid Dread, if you're curious, with Trevor and Holden. Rest in peace, Holden. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like, it's it's the end of that story. And all of these stories kind of build on each other, the 2D Metroid story at least. But I feel like for now, they're just going to continue to build off of that momentum with the Prime series. Like we're, mm-hmm. we know we're going to get the trilogy because apparently according to so many sources, like it's done and it's been waiting for years to release. They just got to time it well. We know we're going to get that tri- Prime Trilogy. We know we're getting Metroid Prime 4. And then I feel like a few years from now, they'll be like, all right, let's go back and remaster the first couple Metroids in the new Metroid Dread style on Nintendo Switch. And then we're like, okay, cool. That's how they're continuing to like bleed us dry for these Metroid games. Just mm-hmm. put them all in that style. I you can know. finally play Fusion easier. Yeah, right. Exactly. You don't have to play Fusion with a freaking emulator. Um, yeah, I feel like that's what they're going to do for a while because Metroid Dread took, what was it? Something like 16 years or something like that to come out. Yeah. Between. Yeah. Yep. But now that it's done well, yep. that is interesting. If four, if we get a prime trilogy, which makes sense, but that's just a remaster selling the same things over and over again. Right. Oh shit. Here we go again. <laughs> if four sells well, they're like, oh shit, we've really got something on our hands. I'm with you. I don't know if they would get another 2d Metroid out. You know, maybe by the end of the Switch's life cycle. Because, like, I think Flight 4 is probably still a couple years away at this point. Yeah. But Switch 2, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> right. would probably launch <laughs> Would probably launch with a Metro game at that point. They're like, you know what? This apparently is a thing. People really care. Like, if both of those games sell, whether, like, well, these people really care. They're not just talking out of their ass. And then you'd probably get one at launch. And probably be a 2d one because i guess that's the one they'd have the lead on development on so yeah keep buying things that you want to continue to happen people yeah freaking love it and take some of those extra pennies and put them on holden's grave so he can get it past the river <laughs> sticks um go ahead and put a couple quarters on getting his delayed eyes. everybody yeah right quarters yeah you know the quarters on his eyes <laughs> except for instead it's like you're really bougie put sacajawea coins on his eyes so that whenever he oh, goes to big, big baller, yeah, <laughs> when he's on the river sticks, he can get, he can get through. It's like these are golden, <laughs> uh, handhelds. They're getting the the big delay. Oh. This is from multiple stories at IGN. It's tough. So I'm going to read through this. There are two handhelds that got delayed. Two handhelds, Adam. <gasps> what? I only remember one of them. Huh? Yeah, you didn't remember the other one unless you were a nerd who really wanted it. But those <laughs> nerds are pretty cool. So the play date. The handheld crank-based gaming device has been delayed from late 2021 to early 2022. That is the the handheld device that you could crank and like all the games were like on season pass and it actually seemed like a pretty cool idea. Um, in an email sent on last Thursday, Playdate creator Panic explained that the decision to delay the handheld device due to issues with the battery life in the first 5,000 units the company received from Malaysia. Uh, Panic added the factory production will ramp up to full speed again in just a few weeks, but that logistics require late 2021 pre-orders are now aiming for early 2022. So they got them. They're like, oh, batteries are fucked up. And also, there's still a chip shortage. You can't literally make any, um, you know, electronic devices yep. in general. Speaking of not making electronic devices, Valve has announced the Steam Deck. Its portable computer gaming handheld will be delayed by two months. The first units will now begin shipping in February 2022 instead of the planned December 2021 release date. Uh, Quote from Valve, we're sorry about this. We did our best to work around the global supply chain uh, issues, but due to 
material shortages. Components aren't reaching our manufacturing facilities in time for us to meet our initial launch dates. Uh, based on our updated build estimates, Steam Deck will start shipping to customers in February 2022. This will be the new start date of the reservation queue. So, Valve has got to push them back. Playdate's pushing them back. You know, I, even in the last story, I didn't include it. The you know, Nintendo's like we're doing good on selling our our OLEDs and our Switches, but we actually don't have enough that we wanted to be able to put in production. Yeah, nobody can make anything. Where are the chips? Where are the chips? Not just the potato kind. Yeah, it's it's wild. I while you were talking about handhelds here, I started thinking like, oh man, what about those analog pockets? You know, like the ones that can play Game Boy cartridges mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because I, I want one of those. So I'm like, when, when do pre-orders go live again? And I just looked that one up. And although pre-orders were last year and they were supposed to ship in October, they now got delayed until December of this year. Um, so they're also delayed. And then I was thinking, also like, cool. as far as, like, the chip shortages go to, just, like, a fun thing that I learned recently, um, Tesla cars are shipping without chargers in them. Not, like to charge your car but like to charge your phone like usb ports oh okay but they have like the cutouts for the usb ports but they don't have any like actual charging stuff behind it so you can't actually plug anything in just because of the chip short like they cannot get usb ports to put in the car so they're just delivering cars without ports on them and they're like as soon as we get them just bring it back in we'll we'll plug it in i promise we'll throw it in there buddy it's fucking wild god when will it end is yeah apparently not into next year at the best is what I've been every company's been saying Microsoft's like we're hoping next year PlayStation's like we plan on continue to make more but we hope it gets better next year it's like oh fuck <laughs> we are it's <laughs> not good do you think that like I feel like the longest life cycle we've had for a, a console is probably like 10 years was it 10 between the I feel like the 360 PS3 was like 9 or 10. Like, it was yeah, up there, right? Like, it lasted a while. And they, they were still supported. Like, they continued making them even after the PS4 yeah. and the Xbox One came out. So, I feel like this chip short is in the fact that nobody's going to be able to get their hands on it, even for a couple of years, even. I feel like that's going to extend this this life cycle quite a bit. More than the typical the six or seven years. Consoles, the fact that we have these consoles is kind of a miracle, to be yeah. honest with you. And, yeah, just... The play date, which was like like I said, a cool idea. It's number. I think it's reservation numbers were like decent, nothing like insane. Like they're not trying to sell ten million units or whatever. Yeah. And they're just like, sorry guys, stuff's messed up. There's nothing yep. we can do. And then Steam's like, yo, same thing. These were literally released. These reports were basically released on the same day. They were just like, yo, I'm sorry that we, you know, we don't have enough crisps. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> no Pringles in the can. Um, so this will continue. But hey, if you get something, hold on to it. Never sell it. Yep. Speaking of consoles that are a shortage of, but you should try to get if you got one, Forza 5 has a historic launch. This is from George Yang at GameSpot. By the way, keep that name in mind. George Yang from GameSpot. All right. George Yang. George Yang. George Yang. I said it three times now. I'll never forget it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Forza Horizon 5 is one of the biggest releases of the year for Xbox Game Studios. It looks like many players are enjoying the game as it hit 6 million players already, and it's still in the game's launch week. At the time of recording... The game has been out for five days, or you know, math. By the time you hear this on podcast, it'll been literally a week, and they already hit six million players in basically the first. And that's just holy. That shit. doesn't include like the pre. That's not the pre. Because um, you can get it early if like the ultimate edition upgrade or sure. whatever. Yeah, but that's just normal launch. Um, Xbox uh, games marketing 
GM Aaron Greenberg also says the game um, set the record for Xbox Game Studios' best launch week ever. Um, and Forza Horizon 5 also became the largest launch day for an Xbox Game Studio title. Uh, what they took over was not named. Uh, hit a peak uh, concurrent player figure that was three times bigger than Forza Horizon 4's peak concurrent record. So this game is three times bigger than the last game already. Holy and shit. it is literally the best launch day for an Xbox game ever. Holy shit. So there are so many people, people into like racing games that I didn't know. Yes. I'm trying to yeah, think of like what other launch, like Xbox Game Studios titles have launched that might be big or might rival this. And I'm thinking like Gears 5. What else? Are you talking about things that have already come out? Yeah, like things that this might have like taken the mantle from to become the largest launch. Yeah, because I remember Xbox when Game the Studios Xbox title. Game Studio thing was, because I remember like Halo 2 and Halo 3 being fucking massive. But I don't think it was called Xbox Game Studio back no, then. So maybe no. that's how they get around it being a thing. But uh, I'm telling you, man, people love this game. And Game Pass really helps those numbers when yeah, everyone can just... They're finally like, hey, give us $10 a month because but we still make money. And then we have people who are into the games and are enjoying the, the consoles and evangelize it to their friends. So good for them. Look at this. Gaming's doing good everywhere. Don't you love to see it? Yay, Speaking games. of Xbox, we got a little more X. <laughs> Two leaked games from <gasps> Xbox. Two exclusive leaks exclusive, from Xbox. Exclusive. From George. Exclusive world premiere. World premiere. Uh, this is from George Yang at IGN. George Yang is a freelance writer. Oh. So you can write <laughs> okay. on multiple. I was very confused. Things. I just thought it was cool. I was because you know I try to use multiple sites to do uh, the news, and I'm like, yo, George is getting around. Like, yeah. get on George, get your money, live your life. All right. Uh, details have seemingly been linked about two new exclusive Xbox uh, games from Compulsion Games, the makers of We Happy Few, and Obsidian Entertainment, the guys who make every RPG that's great, uh, Outer Worlds being their last big one. Um, the former of which described as a single-player Southern Gothic adventure. And I would suggest people look this up because there are some like basic concept art to go along with. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, is Southern Gothic like the old people holding the farm tools with a... like? bored look on their face that's oh that's called american gothic that's the name of that painting not southern gothic okay now I have yeah to oh yeah just like uh ethel and and ben or whatever with the, yeah with their just holding tools. the pitch for yeah. their farmhouse <laughs> according to windows central compulsion's first game with microsoft is codenamed midnight it is reportedly a third person game set in a dark and fantastical world the protagonist is a dark-skinned woman with braided hair um this is the southern gothic adventure so it seems like southern america gothic so it's like oh black people in the south dealing with fucking monsters so lovecraft country sort of not to be confused with south america but southern united states of america southern united states yes um Midnight apparently draws its inspiration from america's deep south and it's a coming of age story it is also solely single player game uh, it apparently won't be ready for an official reveal and launch until the next few years, early in development. Uh, last month, We Happy Few developer mentioned that it was working on a new third-person story-driven title, and Midnight seems to fit the bill. Yeah, I remember them saying, like, hey, we're working on a new thing. And then this leak was like, yo, this is what they're doing. Yeah. And it's like, yo, everything matches. I'm um, into that. And yeah, the concept art then, looks really cool. Like, this yeah. woman with the, like, giant freaking bird wings. Yeah, it's like a lady with, like, powers or something. It looks crazy. Uh, and the second game comes from Obsidian. Codenamed, uh, is it Pentiment? 
Is that the word? Sounds sounds like you're pronouncing it right. Still have no idea what it means, though. No idea. Yep. Uh, a 12-person team is developing the game and is led by Josh Sawyer, who probably worked on Fallout New Vegas and Pillars of Eternity. Jeff Grubb said that Pentiment draws inspiration from games like Disco Elysium and will be a narrative RPG rather than a combat-focused one. Uh, the game is reportedly a murder mystery set in the 16th century in which players will be able to investigate and accuse other characters in the game. However, these accusations have consequences. If you're wrong, snowball effect, bad things happen. So, two games early in development from all those Xbox acquisitions starting to pay off. I want to talk about the Midnight one first, and then we'll okay. get to Obsidian. But yeah, you looked at those screenshots. Yeah, I liked We Happy Few. Uh, I think people expected to be Bioshock, and they're like, well, no, we're making a survival game. But I still enjoyed the game regardless. People complained because they didn't think what it was. But I liked the game. I didn't it play it, but I did um, and the, I did this, want it to succeed because it looked like Bioshock for sure. Yes. It has elements of like that atmosphere, but it's not a single-player like focused narrative game. Yeah. But this one, they're like, yo, we're going to do that. And you've seen the the screenshots. This game sound interesting to you? or? Yeah, I'm, I mean critically we happy few didn't review as well as i i hoped so i never actually picked it up and played it so i don't have my own opinions around what compulsion games can do but the the concept of this game sounds really cool um i'm into like third person story driven things those are all of my favorite games are third person story driven things so um mm -hmm. yeah with that very little information i'm i'm very into it not American Gothic, yeah, just, not South American, Southern American Gothic adventure. Southern yeah. North American. Southern North American, <laughs> yeah, just, lower South part. Let's just say Sweet Tea Country. Mm, sweet Tea, Old South, Bojangles. Yeah. I do, uh, Papa John's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do love the idea of this game. I like the team. I did like their game. Um so I, w I like the setting. Again, we'll see. It's very early, but the concept art looks cool. And yeah. the idea of the game is cool to me. So we'll see. Next, Obsidian. Let me tell you, I love Obsidian. Obsidian, even before the acquisition, I'm like, y'all, y'all just put out bangers. I love, um, uh, what is that? The, the game. I was going to say, I'm looking at We Happy Few, so it's going through my head. What is the one that, Outer Worlds. Outer Wilds. Outer, Outer Worlds is great. Outer Worlds. Sorry, yes. Worlds. The trailer for Outer Worlds 2 is fantastic. And Obsidian just is like, they've done this. So Grounded was a similar thing where they're like, oh, Obsidian's making Grounded. It's like, what? How are you doing that? They're like, oh, it's just like 10 people just wanted to make Honey, I Shrunk the Kids survival game. It's like, cool. And then this, they're like, hey, 12 people. Again, the, especially led by the dude who worked on Fallout New Vegas. Fucking best Fallout game. Um, and he's like, yo, we just want to make Disco Elysium. Because Disco Elysium is, yeah, it's awesome game the game got 10 out of 10s all over the place and then we're like hey we like that idea we're gonna do our own murder mystery yeah take your 12 people and make a dope game i love obsidian they just do it they just like we're just gonna do a bunch of stuff that we think sounds cool so i'm all for this because uh, obsidian put out bangers to me so does this one interest you also you should play disco elysium i so i'm i two things one the code name pentiment uh i could find on oxfordreference.com is the only place i could find pentiment and it's in reference to another word, pentimento, which is visible evidence mm -hmm. of an alteration to a painting or drawing that suggests a change. Um, so mm -hmm. that's a fun thing. But I'm looking back at all of Obsidian's games because you named all of these ones. And I'm just like, I honestly don't think I've played any Obsidian games. And looking back. Never played Fallout New Vegas? Never played Fallout New Vegas. I played Fallout 3 the and I was like, eternity. this is a very brown game that I'm not interested that in. That one's very brown, yeah. Um, I'm generally, in general... 
first person RPGs that include like four dialogue prompts at a time and you read through all of them and you waste 75% of your time because you don't end up using three out of the four and then you're just like i wish i could have only read the one i wanted which is why i like mass effect because it's like a few words for each one you're like you can quickly choose yeah. the gist of what you can say anyway those generally are not usually my jam but looking back at their games they made neverwinter nights 2 which i played and enjoyed as a kid south park stick of truth which was a fucking banger that's right they did do stick of truth. Yep. they've done a lot and uh, they released Avowed, which I never played, but it looked like it was kind of like Dark Souls almost type thing with a really cool art style. Um, but I, I wanted to. Would oh, Avowed is the one that they're, they're making now, which is supposed to be their version of Skyrim. What am I thinking of? That's what people are saying. Oh, I'm thinking of Ashen. Just kidding. Forget everything I just said. Ashen. Yep. Gotcha. That's somebody else though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I guess so yeah. I don't have a ton of experience with Obsidian other than like South Park and playing neverwinter nights too but i mean they make rbgs let's be honest yeah. they love to make rbgs that's their thing so um so yeah uh, i'll i will watch some trailers and hear how people talk about it from afar and if people are really fucking into it and it doesn't sound like it's going to be a lot of reading a lot of extraneous dialogue that i don't that i don't end up saying then i'll probably try it out and it'll be on game pass so i'll probably have game pass no excuse not to try it Exactly. I just like that we're getting new games um, from studios that I like. Yeah. And people, especially when they're just like, yo, do a thing that you want to do. Let's go for it. Awesome. Dope. Speaking of speaking Xbox of games, awesome. sorry, before before we go ahead. get to the... Speaking of Xbox stuff, have you heard all the... Like, everyone seems really confident that Halo multiplayer is launching tomorrow. Have you seen all of this stuff? Yeah. That's why I didn't mention it because when the podcast comes out, it'll be either nothing happened or it happened. Yeah. Shut up. I was just so, looking at yes, like I an hour ago. I saw like, Jeff Grubb is like, Halo multiplayer is supposed to come out tomorrow. It's fucking wild. So shadow drop. People will know when they hear the podcast or if they're watching live, like, yeah, it's apparently on Monday because it's 20th anniversary of Xbox. Right. They've got their and little apparently like, Halo stream. Multiplayer is supposed to drop early. They said they're not going to have any kind of like game announcements on that day. It's just going to be a celebration type thing. But I feel like mm -hmm. this would be a game announcement type thing. It's not a new game announcement technically because you already right. know about Halo. You're right. It's just a, it's just a shadow drop if it happens. Mm -hmm. But man, people are very confident, at least from what I was reading on Twitter. Yeah, Dang. which will be cool. All right. I know what I'm doing on Monday night. Um, all right. But going on about... Oh, actually, this would probably be a good, a good announcement there. But Game Awards are going to be good. It's from Eddie McCooch at GameSpot. Eddie McCooch. Organizer and... Eddie McCooch. <laughs> organizer and uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion actor George, uh, <laughs> Jeff Keighley says in a new interview published on the Epic Game website, the 40 to 50 games will be available at the event in some way or another. The number of new game announcements, meanwhile, will be in the double digits. So 10 to 99. <laughs> Somewhere in there. Uh, actor Jeff Keighley gave no indication or tease about the specific games to be shown, but he said many of them will be titles releasing in 2022 and 2023. He added that some of the games will appear at the Game Awards uh, will provide a better look at what the PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S consoles are capable of. I still feel like we're, we've only kind of sort of, what, Jesus Keely, relax. I know you're famous now. <laughs> I still feel like we've only kind of sort of touched the surface of what's possible on the PS5 and Xbox Series X. So I think you'll see some of the stuff in the show that is truly pretty stunning, he said. We'll see footage of games that will remind people that the best of this industry is still to come. So he's very excited for the future. He's like, yo, we're through year one, but we got better stuff for year two, year three. Watch Muppets Haunted Mansion on Disney <laughs> Plus right now. I can't wait. 
this is, I mean, we had opening night live. We had uh, whatever happened this summer. Um, but we like, this feels like it's going to be a thing. Like this is going to be, it's ramping up. The Twitter is starting to go crazy with predictions, and all this kind of stuff. And, and I hope that we get some big shit. Like I hope spoilers for the next one. I hope we get another look at, Ho- at Harry Potter Hogwarts legacy. I hope we get, uh, Matt and I are talking about Bioshock a lot recently. I hope we get to see that Bioshock four that they announced earlier this year, or at least like a little tease of, even just like, Something. are we returning to Rapture? Is it going to be in the sky in the Columbia? Is it going to be in the center of the earth and the molten core? Whatever it is, I don't care. I just want to see the words Bioshock and whatever the subtitle is on the screen at the same time. So much good shit. And, and next gen. That's what and next gen. That's what I'm super fucking stoked for is what can next gen actually do? Because we're past the one year mark now, foreshadowing our Adam segment later. We're past the one year mark. We are starting to hear about games. You know, Microsoft said at least for a year or two, they're not going to make next-gen exclusive stuff from Xbox. And now we're starting to get like, well, now's the time where we get to start hearing about those kinds of things. So Mm. I'm just fucking stoked to see how good, especially coming right off of Vanguard and how fucking great that game looked and sounded and played. Like, I'm I'm V-excite for whatever's going to happen in less Mm. than a month. It is December And I'm not one of these people... Uh, yeah, December 9th. I'm not one of these people, but a lot of people... Because Vanguard, as awesome as it is on PS5 with the all that stuff that you were explaining earlier, people were like, well, they had to make a PS4 version, so that held it back. I don't necessarily agree with that always. I'm like, I don't make video games, so I just don't assume that... Well, you, the, the fact that there's something old means that the new version had to suck. I'm like, I don't know about yeah. that. But think about it. We're going to get announcements for games that are only going to be on the new thing, so that argument will be thrown out the window. It's like, oh, no, we only focused on this. Which, again, if it looks pretty and sounds good and it's got reflections. Yeah. Uh, and like to that argument, it, not only was Vanguard a cross-gen thing, but it was also a multi-platform thing. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot mm-hmm. of exclusive things like to Series X or to PS5 that like they can take even more without having to develop for multiple different platforms and, and take advantage of that. They can really focus in on getting the best experience from one of those two, which would be great. I mean, because yeah, you look at Last of Us 2, because they only made it on PS4. The game looks great. That game that looks like probably the best you can get out of that console. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, we only had to make it for this console. Of course, we were able to do that. Forza, I mean, they make it for PC. I mean, I could probably just downscale it, but Forza looks fantastic on next gen and on PC. It's like, yeah, we're just making it for Xbox and PC. Whatever. I don't necessarily think the game would look worse because car games, they look good, but it's awesome whenever people get to like, we're making a game for this, so we're going to maximize this. Yeah. And make it look good. So I'm ready for whatever Mr. Keeley shows us. Um, I really, I would. Do you want to do a bet with me right now? A it, dumb bet is if the bet is around whether or not he comes out on stage in full haunted mansion makeup. Then no, I'm not going to take that bet because it's a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> my my thing is because this is funny and thinking about it now. Remember, it might have been two, maybe three years ago, when they did the like the fake trailer for uh, Goose Game or whatever. Oh, when yeah. it was. Beaker was in there because uh-huh. apparently Jeff Keighley is just a Muppet stand. <laughs> what what are you, would you really willing to bet me of that a, a Muppets something shows up? Even if it's a joke, even if it's a silly thing, what do you think the chances of a Muppet thing showing up at Game Awards are? It's, it's 100% chances of it being there. And I wouldn't well, be surprised if it's they're remastering Muppets Christmas Carol, but replacing Michael, face, Michael Caine's face digitally with Jeff Keighley instead. Jeff Keighley Keeping is Michael Caine's voice, 
but just putting Jeff Keighley's face, deep faking his face onto it. Oh, I mm-hmm. like that. Well, I can't make a bet with you because I agree the Muppets are going to be there. So I guess we'll move on. <laughs> <sighs> Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, yeah. Looks to release af- after a bad Potterverse movie. Oh, this yeah. Is from, that's my headline. Uh, that's from uh, Adele Anchors at IGN. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is seemingly slated to launch after the theatrical release of Fantac- Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore in 2022. Uh, General Manager Rachel Wakely hinted that the release uh, window for Hogwarts Legacy, the highly anticipated open-world action RPG set in the world of Harry Potter, would come after the next Fantastic Beasts movie, though she didn't specify any exact release date. Quote from her now. The second major release of 2022 will be for a new console game, Hogwarts Legacy, Wakely told. uh, I think it was uh, told the publication. It was like a toy magazine. I didn't quote them. I accidentally cut them out. It was some kind of toy magazine. Uh, The reaction to the trailer has been amazing, and it looks to set... Uh, and looks set to be a huge success. We know that gaming is such an important part of the market and one that uh, we had to be involved in. From what we've seen, the launch uh, will be well worth the wait and we'll deliver a unique way for fans to interact with the franchise. So she's like, yo, movie release, throw out the game. We'll double up on the money. So this is good because I know you're excited for this game. I'm excited yep. for this game. And 2022 seems, uh, I know it got delayed earlier this year, the summer or whatever. But I really hope it comes out at sometime in 2022 because I'm very ready to play in the Hogwarts. Me too. I'm ready to do some spells, make some posh. That's how the kids say potions. Make some posh. Hey, you want to go up in the girls' mm-hmm. bathroom and make posh? Fuck yeah, I do. Um, Moni Myrtle's going to be there. Yeah, Myrtle's going to be like, that's part of the, the posh. You got to get Myrtle tears in there. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, I'm excited for two things. One, this movie's going to be awful, but I'm going to see it and I'm going to hate the whole thing. And then two, this will mm-hmm. be like, this will be my rebound my thing that makes me when i decide i'm not going to see the final two of the five series of movies of fantastic beast this will be the thing that i go and bang and have a great time with and i'm I'm very excited for that something to pick up my spirits after a terrible fantastic beast movie oh yeah i'm with you that movie's gonna be awful but if we get a good game afterwards exactly it's like they they punched you in the testicles, but then they gave you some ice cream. It's like, you know what? I appreciate that. <laughs> you know ice what? Cream. I do like ice cream. <laughs> so that this would also be a cool another trailer at Game Awards. I, I'm yeah, that would be really neat to see. But what if it was like the Fast and the Furious the year that oh, they were there, God. where Jude? I mean, I, I like Jude Law as an actor, so I'm not gonna be mad at him. But Jude Law comes out, and he's like, "Hey, I'm in Fantastic Beast. Here's watch this 30 minute, 30 minute. Yeah, sure. Watch this 30 minute trailer <laughs> and then we'll show you Hogwarts legacy. It's like, all right, Jude Law, I'm not mad at you, but get it over with so I can watch what I actually want to see. <laughs> if here's like, it kind of could be that honestly, which sucks because the game, actually the game takes place in like the 1800s, I think. Yeah, it's in the past. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know it's like in the past. I think it's like doors. way in the past. Okay. So past enough yeah. because the movies take place, I think in the forties or the fifties of 19. 19- Mm-hmm. 1900s okay part of me was concerned that like oh shit are they gonna force us to fucking see newt's commander and jude law's dumbledore and all this shit in there like are they gonna really heavily tie that in but if it's in the 1800s they can't yeah i hope not well they just oh i don't even want to think about them trying to force a fantastic beast crossover oh get out of here like, pretend Gross. that you didn't say that <laughs> uh, new details 
Oh, speaking of gross, new details on Quantic Dream's Star Wars game. Mm. This is from Demi Williams at GameSpot. One of those things was gross. The other one is really good. You be the judge. <laughs> uh, new reports <laughs> suggest that Quantic Dream's rumored Star Wars game is called Star Wars Eclipse and will be set during the era of the High Republic, which is the new timeline and all the books and all the stuff that they've been pushing um, lately in literature and such. According to Jeff Grubb, Star Wars Eclipse will be the title of Quantic Dream's unannounced project. During his latest uh, Giant Bombcast a podcast, Grubb claimed that the game is likely going to show up somewhere soon, possibly the Game Awards. Uh, Grubb went on to explain that Star Wars Eclipse is ready to be announced soon, and fans can expect an official announcement before the end of the year. Uh, he also said that he isn't certain of the details, but he does believe that it is set during the High Republic era, again, reiterating the report earlier. So, Jeff Grubb's like, yo, we got the Star Wars game from these racist um, dudes who make uh, point-and-click adventure games, but um, be excited. I'm excited. Again, I love Star Wars. The I haven't read any of the High Republic stuff, um, but it seems like an interesting kind of idea. Like, I saw, like, a Wookiee with a lightsaber, which was a really cool thing. Um, Quantic Dream, though, that's the only thing. Again, not yeah. the company, just just the guy at the top. Really don't like that guy, but I, I'd be interested to see whatever Star Wars project. And now they're they're independent now, I believe, too, so it wouldn't they are, necessarily yeah. have to be a PlayStation exclusive anymore. They... So. I, Quantic Dream, I've, I'm always, like, really into their stuff. I still think, like, one of the most underrated, underplayed games of the entire PS4 generation was... Um, Fuck, now I can't even remember Detroit. the name of it. Yeah, Detroit Become Human. I think so many people mm-hmm. should have played that game and they didn't. Uh, I and, and, you know, Beyond Two Souls for what it was, like, also really cool at the time. And Heavy Rain, despite its technical limitations, was, like, a really interesting concept. Yeah. Like, I'm always interested in Quantic Dream shit and it's really kind of cool. So to, to give them the Star Wars license to me is just, like, yeah, I'm fucking super into whatever they're able to pull out of that, narratively speaking, and branching paths. That's another cool thing, like, if we get some kind of, you know, Quantic Dream style, choose your own adventure, so many different things happening, like how do they also play with canon and Star Wars and, and what at the end of this is is going to continue to be canon? Um, obviously, we don't know that's anything why it's about great the game, that they, so we don't know if that's actually yeah, a, a that's mechanic. why they Yeah, that's why it'd be great if it was during the High Republic because that's brand new. Like that has nothing to do with Skywalker. That is like yeah. it's it's a brand new era time, like of the timeline. So they can do a lot because it technically it's all pretty new. So they could kind of go buck wild and have, you know, multiple endings and just, you know, they'll just choose one that's canon or maybe they're both canon or whatever. They can have, it seems to be like you can play around with it more compared to being like, well, it's set between episode four and five. So, you know, the characters and you know what's going on and you can't do anything else. Yeah. And it's got to lead to the same point. This one is like, it's new, but do whatever you want. So that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I also, while you were reading this, I was reminded, I was like, when's the last time we saw a Star Wars game get revealed? And there were squadrons, but before that was Jedi Fallen Order, and it was at E3. And Andrew and A just like walks into the audience and is like, "All right, everyone, so here to tell us about more of the next Star Wars game." She sits down with like the creative director, whoever it was, and the guy's just like sitting there in the audience, just sitting in his chair, like, "Uh, yeah, we uh, got a new game. It's called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order." And it was just like the most fucking awkward game reveal in the entire planet. It was so weird. So hopefully this will be a little bit better than that. If it is a game awards, it is in person. So we have another opportunity where Jay Keeley can, Jay, sorry, G Keeley. I forgot he spells Jeff differently. G Keeley can just go out in the audience and <laughs> pick a random person and say, we're going to reveal your game right now. We didn't tell you ahead of time, but we're going to reveal yeah. your game right now. Tell us three things about it. Like, uh, I would love if they hired Andrew Renee 
just for that part of the of the show. <laughs> she gets to come back and redeem herself. She just busts love Andrea, the doors like, open from so the back weird. of the theater, like it, like in a cathedral, like stopping a wedding or something. Like, stop! Yeah, I want to pick someone from the audience to reveal Wars. a game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. So we'll see soon. Again, I'm Game Awards. Rumors like this are like, oh yeah, Game Awards should be a good time. Yeah, we gotta figure out. Are, are we watching that? Fuck yeah. I mean, I've you got watch, it on the schedule. Do you watch Game Awards? Yeah, I watch Game Awards. Okay. Yeah, we need to hop in a Discord I'm chat together. Or Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. All right. So, we're going to go on to the best segment of the week, every week. Segment from Adam. Segment oh, from like Adam. It's Adam's segment. Look at Adam do his segment. Oh, yeah. Uh, one year with Next Gen. Here we are. Big birthday boys. Blown out the candles. On their cakes. Big, beautiful Xbox birthday turned boys. One, <laughs> and then PS5 turned one as well. Um, so here we are. Where I'm going to want to kind of talk about the last year and everything. There's good and there's bad. Bad mostly to do with the, the fact you can't get USB chargers in your car. But <laughs> we can talk on everything, um, both consoles, whatever you want to do. Thoughts on the games, services, anything that was like, oh, my God, that was crazy. I love that. That's next gen things ahead you're interested in. Uh, again, I saw this was interesting. Do you think supply restraints kind of like made this console generation blow up? Because when there's no supply, the demand is crazy. So if there was, you know, 800 Xboxes and PS5s on every store shelf, like, do you think people would be as fervorous for this generation? I don't know. Just an interesting thing. And just, I just saw this. This was a really funny thing. I just want to point this out. The top five most played PS5 games of the last year. Uh, number one, Fortnite. Number two, Call of Duty Black Ops. Number three, FIFA. Number four, NBA 2K21. Uh, number five, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number six, Destiny 2. Number seven, MLB The Show. Number eight, Marvel, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Nine, Demon Souls. And ten, NBA 2K22, which just came out. Um, so I, we could probably talk about exclusives, but let me tell you, it always hurt. doesn't hurt my soul, but it's always funny. They're like, exclusives are so important. And it's just like, but what about that NBA and that FIFA and that Call of Duty <laughs> and those other games that everyone just plays yeah. time and time and time and time again. So that's wild. Uh the I'll start by answering the question of like my thoughts on games and did anything wow you? And I think the thing that I mention every time that I see it done well or I feel it done well to, to be more specific, I it just like re-cements the fact that it was the right way to go is haptics, man. They are they are they are such a game changer for video games. And I think of like Astro's Playroom, and then I didn't really feel it for a while, and then Returnal came, and Returnal was the first time that I felt like, oh shit, they got it right. And I, I'm excited for what people do. And then um now having just played uh, Vanguard with it too and having really incredible adaptive triggers and haptics during that and I am just so excited to be immersed in yet another level with video games using haptics and at the same time I was thinking while playing through Vanguard too, is like fuck 3D audio it's it's something that's you have to wear headphones to get it and it has to either be like the PlayStation headphones or plugged in via the headphone jack so a lot of people aren't going to necessarily experience it especially if you're using them like like Astros or something like that that are just Bluetooth or a different type of wireless, which sucks. But it's such a for such a small audience of people to get to experience 3D audio when done right is is such a freaking cool thing. Um, so those are like those are the two things that I think have wowed me most about this generation, aside from a trillion other things like having the super fast storage and all that kind of shit. But 
that's what stands out to me right now a year later mm-hmm. yeah uh i'll kind of back you up on that is that i've the adaptive trigger uh, adaptive triggers the adaptive <laughs> triggers santa maria jesus are <laughs> um are fine i think i've in certain so like playing death loop the adaptive triggers or whatever, I kind of just want to turn them off. Except for when you shoot like the heavy machine gun. It's like, oh, I can feel like every bullet leaving the right trigger. That's cool. But everything else, I'm like, I just feel like this is going to wear my controller out quicker. Haptic feedback, at aka HD rumble, whatever you want to call it. That shit has always been awesome. I love that. Just like, again, playing Returnal and you feel the little raindrops. Yeah. That stuff is great. In uh, Miles Morales, when he gets on the computer, again, another type, but like you feel him hitting every little keystroke. Yeah. Um. I, that that stuff is great. I love haptic feedback, HD rumble, whatever that stuff is. Triggers, I could take your leave. But overall, like yes, this controller is a vast improvement and very good. Um, also, having good audio is great as well. So I absolutely agree with you on those things. Um, games, let me think. I think that we've had some solid games for sure. I don't think that it's anything that has been mind-blowing. But it's also the first, I don't know. There are things that I've really, really enjoyed. But I don't know if there's anything that I'm like, this is truly next gen yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you take away that the triggers feel cool, would you say any game feels truly next gen yet? I started to feel that way with Vanguard last night. I played it all in one sitting. And I was, like, so taken taken aback by it at how good it was that part of me playing Last of Us Part 2 today was to, like, go back and feel... like. Prior to Vanguard, Last of Us Part Two was the benchmark for me. Like that was the most beautiful game I've ever played. Had the most realistic facial animations, all of that shit. And so I wanted to go back and say, like, okay, how does Vanguard stack up to Last of Us Part Two, which was a PS4 game? And um, it, yeah, Vanguard, it's it's beautiful. It's freaking beautiful. And mm-hmm. Last of Us Part Two, like, doesn't really come close in in a lot of aspects there are some obviously sometimes some parts where it, it surpasses it but yeah i feel like vanguard is the first time where i looked at it, it's like this is the, the the fidelity that it's able to pull off the crazy things that it's doing you know with that the the sampling and and the um the streaming of the assets for high quality assets while you're playing it like that kind of shit really feels next gen and that's the first time that aside from returnal that i felt like Fuck, this is this is exactly what next gen is is going to become, or this is the start of whatever all of that is too. So I feel like we're starting to scratch the For surface. For me, yeah, I think we're starting to get there. I don't think there's anything that's like this is impossible because most of those games are on the last generation right. consoles. They're just not as good. My number one thing, again, I think there's a lot of great games. I'm not discounting the games. I think they're awesome, but there's nothing where I'm like, well, I mean, I'm happy that I have next gen consoles, but I'm like, I guarantee that this would have worked on like a, a one X or PS4 Pro. And yeah. It would have been pretty good the number one thing that none of those old consoles do that i love and i take for granted because i love it so much is these ssds fucking thank god i love just like oh yeah it works in two seconds it's just everything works in two seconds like please keep that up everybody never change that ever i don't care that memory cards are 200 (laughs) dollars. it's worth it (laughs) yeah absolutely is worth it because it's so so much faster um keep that going going forever uh services i mean you gotta say it. Game Pass is fucking great. Yeah, Game Pass freaking wins, great. man. It's the best thing around. Though nothing comes also. Com- nothing comes close to that new Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack like that. Oh my god, that's a run. They're 20. not even included in this, and, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, Game Pass has been amazing, especially just Game Pass Ultimate. Like we're getting in a month, 
you can just start streaming games on your console yeah. instead of just over the phone it's just like they're just doing they're great and you know i don't give ps now shit i just don't use it because they never make it a big deal i wish that they would maybe revamp it rework it into ps plus and like make it a big deal because i would love to be sold on that idea they just don't push it like push it and make me interested because yeah. I, I like the idea of the service they just don't do much with it the other thing um that i like is the addition of again so this kind of goes into 3d audio but the addition of like Dolby stuff. Um, yeah. Because like using Dolby Vision for gaming. Oh boy. Again, I will never. If I t- turn on a TV, doesn't have Dolby Vision, I call that person a peasant. <laughs> because I-, I need my HDR to be Dolby. You can fuck right off. Yep. And so having Dolby Vision and 3D audio and all of those things together, I'm like, man, this is, th- that's what feels next gen, where everything loads in two seconds. Your controller feels super, super cool. Um, it's in, you know, Dolby Dolby version of HDR, and you get 3D audio. Like that shit's wild. That shit feels new. The experience feels next gen. The games I think could be done on other things, but so uh, that kind of goes into what wowed me. Yeah, like if you have the whole, if you have this, if you have thousands of dollars to waste on a setup, yeah, <laughs> that shit's wild. I love it, man. I was uh, just reflecting, like I texted. Um, I was reflecting back on the launch day of PS5, and I was like, oh, man, today marks the one-year anniversary. Happy anniversary of us all just getting together on Party Chat and geeking out over Astro's Playroom and Demon's Souls and also realizing how broken Party Chat was on day one because half of us couldn't hear the other (laughs) half, and we were using the PlayStation headsets, and some of us were using the mic, and it was... Yeah, a headache, but it was... what What a day. What a fucking great day console launch days are, as long as they work. Yeah, and it's the funny thing looking at this list of most played games again. This is every list every year. You can be like, "Oh, yeah. my exclusive is the best." It's like Madden and FIFA outsold. That doesn't matter. Madden, but FIFA, Call of Duty, Assassin's Fortnite, Creed. Assassin's Creed, like that. Yeah. They're always it's the going same to ones. <laughs> I will say, playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla on uh, my Xbox Day One was great. Oh man, I loved that game, and it was just like everything was loading quick, and it's like this big giant open world of snow, and then you're playing for 500 hours because it's an Assassin's Creed game. But that game, I was like, oh, yeah, this is nice. I like that I have a next-gen console for this. Um, Interesting things ahead. I do love how both of these... I was looking at a report earlier. I didn't put it down. But I think Sony has 52, like, exclusives in the pipeline. Again, so some of that's, like, independent um, third-party games. Or it's 25. That's what it was. I'm dyslexia. So not all that is, like, Sony Santa Monica-sized games. Right, right. We have 25 games that are going to be exclusive to PlayStation. Xbox has all these games, and we just talked about leaks. They have all these studios. We have some dates for, you know, tentative dates for next year or 2023. Just like, we're about to start getting, like, again, Insomniac's already put out, like, seven games on the PS5. <laughs> right. so How do they do good. it? They've put out seven games, wild, and they but... told us they have 14 Marvel games in production right now as well. I was like, how do... Love it. It's it's crazy, but I'm very excited for the future. There's so many games coming out soon that like E3 or State of Plays or whatever. I'm like, yo, I'm ready for this. I'm excited for. This. I'm happy to have both these consoles because all oh, this looks cool. Yeah. I'm ready for Redfall, and then I'm ready for Wolverine, and then I'm ready for Starfield, and then I'm ready for you know a God of War Ragnarok, and just oh, God, man, I'm so excited. Good time to be alive. Absolutely. And then I guess I'll go to my last one unless you have something else. How do you feel the the scarcity? Do you think that has affected people's opinions or fervor or anything? Because us, people like us, we're always going to be excited for new consoles. But people are mad about these because no yeah. one can get anything. So is, do you think it's people are like, oh, I'm so excited for next gen. I'm so excited for PS5. I'm so excited for Xbox. Or is it just like, I want it because I can't get it? 
I like, I don't know. I don't think that it. I don't think it puts a sour taste in in the consumers' mouths. Like they want it, yeah, absolutely. But it's not going to like affect. Obviously, it's not going to affect the sales because they, it can't affect the sales because they can't make enough of them right now. Um, yeah. But I feel like the biggest thing that it is affecting is developers. Like when developers are thinking, "All right, do we make this next gen exclusive, or people can't get it?" And we can make a lot more money if we make it cross-gen right now because there's not going to be a lot of supply out there for people to buy your games on a next-gen exclusive thing. So I feel like that's where we're getting, if at anything at all, that's where we're getting held back. Like, not necessarily with the consumer, but with developers. I hate to say this, like dumbing down or watering dangerous. down their product in order to make sure that they can yeah. make a viable product that will sell enough. Yeah, because you have to think if they're like, thinking ahead of time like all right we can do a ps5 exclusive it's like all right cool um they sell out immediately but there's only you know 14 million of them out there compared to if we made it on both we'd have 14 million plus the 100 million for ps4 right so maybe that actually makes better sense exactly so, so like yeah. if we if we make it a little less good then we can suddenly you know by 10 times increase our possible revenue because mm -hmm. like Again, I'm very excited for uh, Horizon. Very excited for God of War Ragnarok. Those games are on PS4. Yeah. You know, it feel again, I'm not a game developer. I'm not saying this is how it works, but it does feel like it can't be a fully next-gen thing if it's also on the last-gen. That's just how it feels. I don't know if that's there's truth to that, but... Yeah. And they, they are <sighs> trying to bang that drum, PlayStation and, and Guerrilla Games. They are trying to say, even though it's on both, here are the different ways that it's exclusive on PS5 and her facial textures and the, the density of the environments, all that shit. It's like, I don't know, man. I'm still not convinced. I'm sure as soon as I play it, I'll be like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. But mm -hmm. for now, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Because it does have to work on both. Yeah, like I'm sure that there there's more computing power for for lighting and like, it's just like PC. Like you can play games on PC and then it's like you got a good card and when I just turn all the settings up. Yeah, it's like yeah, but it also still works on that laptop that's ten years old over there. <laughs> right. Technically, so I don't know. I had I think they they both had a good first year. Honestly, I think they're both solid. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're a fan of either one. You've had a good time. There's been a lot of good games that are multi-platform. There's been good exclusives on both. I think it's been solid. Big thumbs up for me. I'm going to give them both each a big cupcake. You're not getting a baby cupcake. <laughs> big you guys cupcake. are getting big boy cupcakes. You know, what I, you know what I hope gets more use? I always forget it's there, but the few times that I do use it, the activity cards on PS5. How I don't think I've ever used a single one. I, I used them a, a lot for like Astro. I used them like occasionally whenever I'm trophy hunting or things like that. I'll be like, hey, you're 65% of the way done with this level. Uh, warp directly mm -hmm. to this next place to get your next. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do that. Or when I'm playing Destiny, it's, you know, just a tap of a button to get to the tower or to Europa. And it's like, I hope more people, more developers take advantage of those cards and then also <laughs> let us know that they're there so that people actually explore it and use the feature. Because that's yeah, a cool thing. That'd be cool that if I knew never that. I used. forgot they were a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I most of the time never remember they're there. Also, quick resume. Let's keep that up because, boy, I love turning off my Xbox, unplugging it from the wall, moving it to my new house, and plugging it in. And it's like, oh, man, I'm still fucking fighting with Cartman against the fucking ninjas <laughs> in fucking but Fractured Butthole. This is great. Yep. Well, Adam, thank you for that segment because now that transitions us to Game on Game Show. The Game on our gaming show. We play a game called Game on the Gaming Show on our game show. Game, 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 game. We've got a, uh, a game we played a few times on Respawn Name Fire. I don't think I've ever played this with you, however. 
we are gonna play mm -hmm. GameStop Blackjack. Are you familiar with GameStop Blackjack? No, I'm not. It is a game where we have three games that we get to choose that we're gonna trade in at GameStop. And we have to get to as close to $21 worth of value without going over. So okay. uh, in celebration- I'll bring my Xbox Series X. <laughs> in, in celebration of Xbox's 20th anniversary, coming up this week and you know, they're doing their celebration thing tomorrow um we are going to do xbox only games not sorry you are only allowed to choose games that came out on xbox like it can't be a okay it can't be a ps4 exclusive it can't be a pc only game it has to have released on an xbox console okay so uh for those of you watching i have our list we're going to choose three games each and depending on how long this takes we might do like best out of three rounds um so we're gonna mm -hmm. do three games each. We'll name the games, and then we'll go and look up trade-in values and see who got closest to twenty-one without going over. So Adam, because I created the game and you are the visiting team on the game, you are gonna go first. So trying to get to twenty-one store credit. Trying to get to, to twenty-one dollars in store credit without going over. What three games that are available on Xbox Family of Consoles do you choose to trade in? Forza Horizon Four. Okay, Forza Grand Theft Auto 5. 4, GTA 5. And NBA 2K21. NBA 2K21. Okay. I'm going to throw out... I have not looked up these values ahead of time. I promise I didn't cheat. You're going to have to take my word for it. Um, I'm going to throw out there uh, the Walking Dead Telltale series. If okay. that even still exists. Um, here's my, here's my strategy right now. I think you're going to go way over. I think mm -hmm. you're going to bust that $21 cap. So I'm trying to stay you low. Think so? I'm trying to stay low. Okay, um, bro, give me literally two seconds though. All right. You keep doing your thing. Give me okay. two seconds. Um, other Xbox, Xbox related. Oh yeah. We're going to do we happy few. We just talked about that today. It did not sell well. I'm sure that it didn't, doesn't have a ton of trade in value. And then, uh, Something else that came out on Xbox. Uh, we're going to do Gears 5. So the Walking Dead Telltale series, We Happy Few, and Gears 5 are my three picks. All right. While Adam's gone, I'm going to start looking up values. I'm going to start with mine, and then we'll reveal his as he, as he goes. So we're going to look up Walking Dead Telltale and see what GameStop will offer us for that. Ah, here we go. The Walking Dead, the Telltale Definitive Series, Xbox One, up to $7.70 in value. Shit, that's a lot more than I thought it was going to be. $7.70. All right, we happy few. <clears throat> oh, shit, I typed it in the wrong field. Such a piece of shit. Okay, we happy few. Ah, there we go. That's what I like to see. Xbox One copy of We Happy View gets you $2.20 at GameStop. And then finally, we will look up Gears 5 for Xbox One. Ooh, here we go. Um, we're going to go ahead with the, the pro value. Like if you are a GameStop pro 
rewards member, which will get you $3.30 trade-in value. All right, so Adam... Okay, what happened? So Adam, here's, here's a couple of things that happened. I went ahead and, and listed out my games, Walking Dead, Telltale Series, okay. We Happy Few, mm -hmm. and Gears 5. There's a, a, okay. a hiccup that came up that I made an executive decision on. If they offer you know, cash value versus store credit, and then store credit versus like mm -hmm. if you're a pro member, we're going with whatever the highest value is. So highest value, okay. highest value for that game. Yep. Uh, so I went ahead and looked up my values while you were gone. The Walking Dead Telltale series was seven dollars and seventy cents, which surprised the hell out of me. Oh, but that's all the one one box. Right, Xbox One like contains all, all five of the games plus the like expansion thing. Seven dollars, four hundred days. We Happy okay. View was $2.20 trade-in, and Gears mm -hmm. 5 was $3.30, bringing me to $13.20. Okay. So now, we have to look up yours, and you have to go over $13.20, but under $21 in order to win. So we're going to look up Forza Horizon 4. 4, yep. Ooh, shit. Forza Horizon 4 on Xbox One is $13.20. I just need... We immediately wow, it's just exactly, tied. Huh? It's exactly... Yeah, we're immediately tied. You just can't go just over can't go now. Over. All right, let's look up GTA right. 5. That one's got to be like four bucks. Uh, GTA 5? Okay. So we... Here's, here's the thing. I'll let you be involved in this decision. We, we decided if it's mm -hmm. cash versus credit versus pro credit, we would go with the highest value. Grand Theft Auto yep. 5 on Xbox One is $3.30. On Xbox 360 mm -hmm. is $8.80. Hmm. So if you have an, a 360 version of GTA 5, you get more than double the value for it. Yeah, that's weird. I say... Just make it a rule now. We'll always go for whatever the most expensive version is. So if okay. you have a game that was on both and it's more expensive than the other one, we'll always go with the most expensive one. Because we're going All with right. the most expensive price anyway, so might as well always go there. Yeah. What does that put? That puts me over 21, though. That puts you at $22. Let's just find out what NBA 2K21 is just for fun. So yeah, you, you have gone mm -hmm. over. NBA 2K21 is... Oh, not on Nintendo Switch. On Xbox One, it is $4.40. So if I would have went with the Xbox One version of GTA, I would definitely have been fine. What? Well, I might have been um, over a little bit. No, was it 330? Like, oh, a little bit over 21. Yeah, if you went with 13, that 20, version, it would have been $20.90. That would have been like almost perfect. Oh, boy. But damn. Um, no, the most expensive version. I absolutely agree with that ruling. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, uh, let's reset. Now that you kind of are exposed to it okay. and kind of get an idea for GameStop trade-in values, let's do round two. Okay. All right, I've cleared everything out. What do you got? Give, does it have to be games? I guess it could be a peripheral, like as long as it's something Xbox available or works with an Xbox console. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do an Xbox One wired controller. Just oh. type an Xbox One generic wired controller and then give me madden 2015 and nba 2k 15 i'm hoping that controller <laughs> is just enough and then those two games are worth like a dollar nba 2k 15 and madden 2015 right yep okay wait a minute nope give me 20 2k oh, for both those games okay got it 
Because 15, it might be that point where like, oh, this is 360 and it's rare. Right. Yeah, I don't so want to chance that. NBA, I want it to be a little NBA. bit old and not worth anything. 2K20. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to... I'm going to see if they still take this. What a Microsoft Connect. Okay. Oh, you're going to take a Connect? I'm going to... It's going to be the the Xbox One Connect. Yeah. If they do, I got one in a box. They can have it. <laughs> we'll see how much you can get for it. Um, another game... Plague Tale Innocence. Okay. A little indie game. And then I get get something dirt cheap. Thief. The Thief game well, that came out on Xbox One. Was it Thief 4? What was that? It's, it's just called Thief. Just Thief? Okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. I've now I have GameStop stories about that game. You have what? I actually have a GameStop story about that game when I was working at GameStop and someone came in and asked for Thief, but... And you said, I'll just say while you're looking it. stuff up, I was working at GameStop and a dude came in and he was looking at games on the wall and it was near the launch. So it was relatively new. He said, Hey man, what's that theft about? I'm like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> He's like, yeah, what's, what's theft about? Well, you mean thief? He's like, Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I said. All right. All right, sir. You have a good day. Okay. I've run into a conundrum. Thief. Mm-hmm. The game in question was available on Xbox. But GameStop is only offering credit for the PS4 version. Okay. Do I take fine. the PS4 value or do I find a different game? Yeah. Just take the PS4 value if you okay. want to. That's yeah. fine because we knew it was on Xbox. So that's fine. $2.20. Okay. Uh, Plague Tale Innocence. Oh, fuck. This just came out for new gen two. It's gonna, that's going to fuck me. Yep. Xbox yeah. Series X is $11. I forgot they remastered that. Okay. Well, you're still okay. not bad. Thirteen. Thirteen twenty. That Xbox Connect is... Oh, God. It's either going to put you way over or you're going to be just at 20. Oh, my God. Microsoft Connect for Xbox One is $11. Ooh. Yeah, I hate to see busted. it. Busted. I'm at 24.20 on that one. Oof, All right. What am I at? Let's see yours. Uh, we're going to go wired Xbox One controller. Mm-hmm. Fucking wired Xbox One controller. Jesus. Okay, we run into another conundrum here. Oh, let me just try Xbox One controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might work. They had the Duke, and then they had some third-party options, but they didn't have a first-party option. Oh, okay. Wireless, wireless. There's a if, razor if you're going to let me, yeah, the wired third-party is what I was actually is what I was going for. Okay, let's try. See what's there. Because I know Xbox doesn't officially make wired controllers. <laughs> Um, so there are, <laughs> there are two third-party options. There's just okay. assorted brands, Xbox One wired controller for $8.80, mm-hmm. and there's an, a Razer Wolverine Ultimate wired controller for Xbox One for $44. Well, yeah, well, I feel like you that's can, like you can make the pro controller. Like, that's a different... obviously doing the assorted one. Yeah, that's yeah. like... Uh, give me an Xbox controller, and it's the Elite. It was like, of course, I didn't mean the Elite. I know that thing is <laughs> very expensive. Okay, you know those right. Razer controllers are like 150 bucks. Yeah. So if you don't mind, yeah, I meant the assorted random. Like it's literally just like random brand wired controller is what that skew is. All right, so that was so eight dollars and eighty cents. Okay. 
Um, we ran into another thing with Madden. They only accept as early as Madden NFL 21. They don't accept 20. Okay, I'll take 21. Okay. I just wanted the, the last one that they would be willing to take, which I'm sure it's like 90 cents. It is $5.50. What? Yeah. For NFL 21 on Xbox One. That's wild. And uh, so the last one, NBA 2K20. We might be in the same boat here with... It might be. 21. We'll see. Let's see. 15 results here. Okay. Uh, 2K22. WWE 2K20. NBA 2K21. Uh, okay, yeah. 2K21 is the oldest one. And you are in luck. It is $4.40, bringing you to 1870. Mm-hmm. So you definitely beat me that round. Hey. All right. Uh, so, Man, they've yeah, changed and, their prices since I've been there. Have they? We used to get people literally 99 cents for old Maddens. We're like, yeah, here's here's a buck. Get the fuck out. <laughs> you can trade in an Xbox One X NBA 2K20 edition for $275 right now. Those were dope. That's not a bad deal. All right, we got to do best two out of three, yep, man. Best two out of three. Okay, so one more round. So we're we're even, one and one right now. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you got? I want to do... Give me whatever the oldest Far Cry they will accept. Far so Cry uh, what, Three, four. All right. Uh, yeah, whatever Far Cry that they'll, they're, they're willing to give me. I want to take Halo... Ooh, I don't know if that's safe or not. Halo Master Chief Collection. Halo MCC. And then I will do... I'm trying to think what could be cheap that's not going to put me over. That's just a a BS game. (laughs) Give me... Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. Lego Marvel (laughs) Super Heroes 2. All right. Um, I'm gonna go Marvel versus Capcom three. Mm. Um, we will do. I feel like there was a new Ace Combat game that came out, right? It's like seven or something. Yeah, well, whatever the whatever the newest Ace Combat game is. Yeah, and uh. <laughs> I want to say Banjo Kazooie, but I don't. Oh, Rare Replay. Rare Replay. Replay. That's a good one. Okay. So now that you've had your choices in, mm-hmm. that uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is absolutely going to put you over. Is it really? I guarantee. That game on. I bet Son that game by itself. We'll see. Well, let's start by there. Let's field. look at it. Marvel vs. Capcom okay. 3. Uh, oh, Xbox no, that's three. One. I'm thinking of two. Two's the rare one. Oh, two is the one that, yeah, people freaking go gaga That's for. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You might be fine with Although that. it is much higher than I expected it to be. Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3, $14.30. Yeah, $14.30, okay. Ace Combat. Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown. Yeah, that's the newest one. I think that's the newest Five fifty. Yeah. Okay. So what is it? God, 19 that means change? I have a dollar twenty for rare replay left to play with. Damn it! Okay. This is gonna go way over. It's gonna oh. be like two bucks, <laughs> three dollars and thirty cents. Weirdly boy. enough, okay. So rare replay will get you three dollars and thirty cents. 
Mm-hmm. There's a game, like there's a all-in-one package that has Gears of War Ultimate Edition and Rare Replay in the same pack. And that only okay. gets you 220. Hmm. More game, less, less value. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, I went over at $23.10. Let's look Even if you up. took that, tw- that $2 version, you still would have went over, right? Yeah, I still would have went over. I would have yeah. went over by a okay. dollar. All right, Far Cry. Let's see. Whatever the oldest we far keep cry your is, number. Right? Yeah, we got to keep your number just in case mine. That's what we determine yep. the winner, how much you went over yep. by. It's on the screen right uh, now. Yeah, Everyone mine was the oldest it. Far Cry that they're willing to take. Uh, I'm guessing see, three or four, Primals maybe. In here. Far Cry 2 for 360 is in here. I think that's as old as we get. Yeah, I did say oldest. I should have said three, but I, I did say oldest. So All right, we'll so go Far Cry 2, $2.20. Oh, really? I was yeah. scared it was going to be like, this is rare. It's 30 bucks. <laughs> Halo Master Chief Collection. I was going to go Halo Anniversary, but I was like, that might actually be a little dangerous. Ooh, 1320 for Master Chief Collection. Okay, puts me at 15. 1540. Lego Marvel Superheroes (laughs) 2. This, I feel like, is going to be a sleeper. Enormous. Oh, shit. Oh man, you son of a bitch. $20.90 again. Like $20.90. So you it was five dollars and fifty. That's right. Five fifty was for Marvel Superheroes too. Oh God. You that's like as perfect as it gets without going over. Nice nicely done, Adam. Nicely done. I'm the master of GameStop Blackjack. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Very, very well done. They say their time is coming soon. Well, that's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for our podcast, episode 233 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been a really great episode. Lots of great fun and goofs and rap battle education, and lots mm-hmm. of great things happened today. Um, you have homework. Your first piece of homework, go to Respawn Aim Fire Patreon at patreon.com slash Respawn Aim Fire. Get a bunch of dope stuff. Be able to vote on games. Speaking of voting on games... You all voted that Adam and I are playing for Game of the Year consideration. Uh, I'm playing Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart for November Mm -hmm. slash December. And Adam, you are playing It Takes Two, correct? It Takes Two, baby. It Takes Two to make it It out of sight. It Takes Two to make Um, it out of sight. (laughs) (laughs) You all voted and that's what we're playing. So we will definitely have, uh, we'll prioritize those if not. Uh, a few others as well before the end of the year for game of the year discussion and um have yourself a merry little christmas that's your last piece of homework and if you haven't started listening to christmas music take anyone in your life who tells you not to and just throw them in the river and give them an inner tube but just like let them know what it's like to struggle and that's it thank you adam for hanging out thank you oh wait there's something coming up that was going to launch in a few weeks that you did with Court, right? No. Oh, I don't know when that launches. We oh. will talk about it. Oh, but keep we'll, an we'll eye out. for real whenever it comes out. Yeah, when it comes up, we'll bring it up. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Adam, for being here with me. And thank you to whatever you said my name was at the beginning of the show that I don't remember anymore. Um, Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow. Jack McBrayer was Kenneth on 30 Rock. Very funny guy. All right, everyone, until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Do you remember the name of that freelance writer that Adam told you to remember? Because I do. George Yang. George Yang. <laughs>